We all get one chance at life. What are you doing with yours? All failures and successes in life start with you. You steer your own ship, control your own thoughts, and choose how you react to things that occur. Everybody deals with challenges. It's how you handle them that makes the difference. Proper advice and real-world answers can be hard to come by. And that's where the White Tiger Podcast comes in. Host Craig Casaletto has seen and experienced things most people don't and shouldn't. 15 years in law enforcement taught him many life lessons, and he's here with a raw perspective on the professional and personal challenges life throws our way. This is the White Tiger Podcast. What is going on, all you White Tiger faithful out there? Thanks for coming back to, you guessed it, another free-range organic episode of the White Tiger Podcast. Yeah, thanks for being here. As you probably could tell if you've been here before, changed up the format a little bit. Yep, you heard our fantastic voiceover man give us the music and his great introduction. So thank you, Mr. Voiceover Man, for that. But this week, I am giving you just a little bit more of a change because change is good. You got to get outside your box to make some progress. And this week, we're starting with a little change. This is going to be part one of a fantastic, fantastic interview. I had the opportunity to speak to an amazing woman. Not only is she a friend, uh, but she is just doing amazing things both uh, in the wellness, fitness space, and now in the podcasting space, which is kind of cool. Her name is Stephanie Hammermeister, aka the Lady Hammer. And you ask the Lady Hammer, what's the deal with that? Well, she is a IFBB, which stands for International Federation of Bodybuilding Professional. She competed in bodybuilding at the highest level at both the Arnold Classic in 17 and 18 and the pinnacle of bodybuilding, the Olympia in 2016 and 17. She is also helping people challenge their circumstance, which you're absolutely going to hear more about. I got to be honest, there's so much information here. We talk about fitness, making a shift in your life, and a ton, ton more. Uh, I do not want to ruin it for you. One thing I will tell you is that Stephanie gets very transparent with us, and I absolutely had the honor to really kind of hear her story, uh, and it's really an amazing one. So without further ado, it is absolutely my pleasure to bring you my interview with the one and only Stephanie Hammermeister. Welcome back here to another episode of the White Tiger Podcast. I am super, super excited to bring you this week's guest. She is not only an amazing woman, but she's a wellness coach. She's an author. She's a brand spanking new podcaster. Thumbs up to you. Yeah. <laughs> and she is a IFBB, otherwise known as the International Federation of Bodybuilding Pro Athlete. Did I miss anything else? Olympian. Olympian. Good, I'm sorry. We went over you this. That's that is perfect math. I, I dropped the ball within the first 30 <laughs> seconds. But her name... And thank you for being here. Is Stephanie Hammermeister, aka the Lady Hammer? What is up? What is up, you guys? What's going on? Thank you so much for having me. Please, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for uh, being I'm here. Like stoked. I know. I like. And, and just so you guys know, like I tried. I canceled. <laughs> I canceled on Stephanie a couple of times. It feels, and I'm feel like, all right. Listen, if I don't do this this time, she's never gonna she's never gonna return my text messages and say I want to be on the podcast. So, <laughs> and I told him as an entrepreneur, I feel like everyone's canceling on everyone and just making it happen when they can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're we're learning; it's a learning process. But so, really, just thank you so much for being here. Um, obviously, I've, I know that you're doing so many many. Well, you've done so many great things, and continuing to do so many great things um, is absolutely awesome. And I just want to kind of fill. I want you really to fill in everybody about what you're doing. But I'd like to start. 
Um, just kind of getting your background because you're you're an East Coaster like me. I am. I'm from New Hampshire. Wow, New Hampshire. Word up over on the New England front. How long have you spent in New Hampshire? Um, all my life. All your life. Yeah, and we moved. Uh, my husband and I moved here about well eight eight years ago. Wow. Yeah, so s- somewhat new. Still still adjusting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you're you're. I'm a lot newer than you. It's Are only, you? It's only been two years. What the? Yeah. Are you adjusting okay? Yeah, it's different. <laughs> I'm concerned. It's different. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll make it. But yeah. I, it's. But you know what? There's. I missed. There's a lot of things. I recently went back to the East Coast uh, about three three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it was great. It was great to visit. But I'm kind of happy where I'm at. Yeah, I'm adjusting to that concept. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm a really big fan of like the fall season and the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really nice to actually go back and visit, and then I go. I don't have to shovel anything, and I don't have to uh, go outside and scrape off my wind- windshield. So this is pretty good. I'll just enjoy it while I'm here for a few days and then go back to the sunny California. There you go. Uh, that's <laughs> well, right. I mean, listen, knowing that it's temporary just makes it so much more palatable. To- totally. You're able to actually embrace it and enjoy it Absolutely. much more thoroughly. 100%. Yeah. So I, 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 every time I hear someone or talk to someone back east and they say, yeah, this, we're getting that like late spring or early spring snowfall. I'm like, I do not miss yeah, that. Yeah, don't miss that. <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> don't then, miss don't miss going down the hill and sliding into other cars. That's what I definitely don't miss. Yeah, that's that probably is not a good thing to, to no. want to enjoy. Yeah. I'd, I'd have I'd be worried about you. You did. <laughs> I'd be worried about you. I'd be I'd be worried about a lot of people. So so really for you, when so you lived in New Hampshire, recently came out here well, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. But where did for you um like your journey like people mostly know you in the bodybuilding space, right? Yeah. Yeah. And how did that whole thing happen? Well, it's kind of interesting because as a uh, pretty much my entire life in New Hampshire, I was an athlete, I played basketball. So I was um, all through all through high school, and then I was uh, a full ride for college. Once I graduated college, I kind of fell into this like weird, who am I? Want to fit into a size zero type female? I'm, I'm just naturally athletic, you know, built. Um, and that was right around the time where we moved to California. So I was coming from, I was already a little bit insecure coming to California where it's like fitness is like life and you know, everyone's in yoga pants and this is like the the thing. And so I was, I was really trying to battle with this, this perception of who it is that I was trying to look for. And I got lost because I was going outside of what I would normally consider to be things that I enjoyed doing and stuff like that. Um, I started drinking um, and I got down to a really, really low weight. And it was, I was, you know, struggling with eating food and the concept of um, just wanting to be smaller and wanting to be outside. I think the being picked on, you know, in high school and all of a sudden I get to choose now who I want to be like basketball is no longer. Now I get to choose. I want to be everything that I'm, I wasn't, but it made me someone that I didn't, obviously love. So bodybuilding actually kind of stemmed from that. My aunt came to visit who was a personal trainer in New Hampshire. And I'm going to share this with you because it's just full disclosure. And that's how I work. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm in my ha- like house because my husband and I have a house here. Um, and I was struggling with that, that, you know, uh, eating disorder and that, that perception of who, you know, I was trying to find myself, but I really, I was going outside of trying to find myself Mm -hmm. when I was already present. I just didn't have that obviously mindset. Um, so I'm, you know, downstairs and I'm, she's visiting by the way. So I'm downstairs and I'm, I put this workout video on this, this workout video that like the girls are like shaking their butts and like squatting and there's no weight. And I'm like, she comes downstairs. She's like, what are you doing? 
And I'm like, this is what I do now. I straight up looked at her and was like, this is what I do now. She's like, can you please take me to the gym? I was like, you're going to wait till after I'm done. It was one of those things. She goes, why don't you just come to the gym with me and just do cardio? Like you're basically doing cardio right now. I mean, like you're dancing in your living room with these, what are they wearing? Like 1980s, like high socks and sweatpants. Like, what is this? And that's really kind of like what it looked like. <laughs> um, and she's like, why don't you just come to the gym and just do cardio? And I was like, ugh, like, ugh. But I took her because, you know, she's, she wanted to be in the gym. And I walked downstairs. It was in the 24-hour fitness in Orange. And it's, like, down in the dungeon. So it's, like, not even nice to be in. Um, and I got this, like, just breath of, like, life. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing cardio. I'm in the gym. I'm going to lift some shit. Like, I got, like, that. It was a quick flip of a switch that... It was like, fuck cardio, man. I, I need to lift. So I started lifting and I'm naturally a meso, mm-hmm. mesomorph. So naturally I build muscle pretty fast, but I was already in a state of deprivation. So I was smaller. I had, I hardly had any like substantial prominent muscle. So I started, you know, lifting again and that's like kind of lit the, the fuel. And then by, you know, four weeks later, built built on, you know, built back the muscle, started eating properly and really kind of harnessing, you know, one, one step at a time, one day at a time, introducing those things back into my life, but um, on my own terms. And it just, it just evolved. And the next person, like four weeks later was like, are you, are you competing? Are you like, and I'm like, I'm from New Hampshire. What, what is that? Like, you know, what is that? And then by the, the, the last person, it was about seven people from the trainers in the gym to the actual, you know, uh, clients and guests in the gym just asking if I'm competing because I guess it was a it was becoming a really big thing uh, four years ago, and I said, you know what, I, I I guess I should look into this. I prepped for my first show for 15 weeks. I was not the biggest in terms of muscle, but symmetry. That's why people were like, your symmetry is perfect for what you know the figure division is looking for, like naturally. And so I, I I did it. I just went and went for it. I was like, what do I have to lose? I'm getting healthy. Like, you know, it's, I guess I'm kind of good at it already. I don't even know. So I, you know, I did my first show. I went overall my first show. Wow. Yeah. So within, you know, and there was other girls that were a lot bigger and I was like, dude, I'm going to get squashed. Was, was not. Wow. Yeah. So I was already nationally qualified. So this means that you can go when you place first overall, you can actually go to a national show and that's where placing one or two, you get your pro card. Okay. So that's where you come become an IFBB pro. So at the MPC levels, the amateur, which is where I was when you start. And I was like, I am not, I'm not ready. These girls are really big still. Um, and I, I need to put on a little bit more muscle or like a little more juice. <laughs> and so I did another show. I think it was 18 weeks later, just because I put on a, a little bit more fluff to come back down. And I went overall on that one. So overall, overall, and I went to my national show, uh, which was in Miami, and I hit pro and then went to Olympia that same year. And that's like the, that's like the pinnacle, right? This is, you can't get any bigger than that. And so, so, I mean, naturally I, I'm like, you know, I have to give a lot to the genetics, like genetic makeup in terms of symmetry was na- is naturally, you know, was naturally good at it. So then I fell into this 
this lifestyle of bodybuilding because I was naturally good at it. But what was fulfilling wasn't actually, you know, winning and placing these shows. It was the the people that I was, you know, hey, just come check out, you know, my IG story or, you know, check out this exercise that I just created. Like I was helping, you know, start building a community of like just wellness. And I got caught up in the wellness part and doing it to stay relevant. Yeah. Which is that fulfilling? Number one, you know, what is fulfilling about it? And I had to ask myself those questions. And is it, is it the people that you're helping? But technically the lifestyle is really unhealthy to maintain. So you're doing the complete opposite of what you're, you're trying to, to do in terms of what I felt was right. I'm trying to help other people live a healthy, balanced lifestyle. That was my passion. But in, in bodybuilding, it's not really balanced. There's nothing balanced about it. And that's why a lot of people struggle when they get off stage because they're, they're like, I can't, I can't live a normal life. I, I can't even look at that food without feeling like I just gained a pound. Like it's a complete mental mind fuck that you just kind of go through. And I was, that's, that's where I had to shift out or else I was going to be squashed like a little ant just trying to make its way. Yeah. You know, what's amazing is I think that's a misconception that most people think is that it just comes easy that it's not a struggle for, for people who are, are doing bodybuilding and getting involved in competitions to know exactly what they need to do to get their body where they want it, when they want it, at the time they want it. And I think that people just really don't know the big picture there. They don't. And, and, and it's our fault. And, I, uh, and I'm speaking in terms of, I'm always talking about this in my own, this is my own perception. This is my own voice and my own opinion. But we as you know these people who are held at a higher standard in terms of bodybuilding and and held on that pedestal that you're you know you're doing so well and the 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 pressure to stay there and maintain there what we're not doing is showing all of those things we're not showing the struggle like not enough like people can be like yeah i'm having a shitty day like that's the one thing that they'll do but really to dive into the struggle of you don't get to you don't get to go out you don't get to eat you don't get to you know, spending time with your family, and that's usually how families associate with uh, communion, is eating and drinking and celebrating. And you can't even do that. Or they're looking at you sideways because you have a, a freaking chicken breast and some broccoli. Yeah. But even if they, they support your, your journey, even if they, if they do that, you're still not able to connect that way. You know what I mean? And, and not a lot of people talk about that, which is then it becomes a seclusive lifestyle. It becomes a dark hole. And people have a hard time finding their way out, I feel like, um, because of that, because they weren't, you know, trying to, to level out that fitness part and that competitive part with living and enjoying and embracing life. Why isn't it talked about? I think there's a lot of things that go, that go on behind the scenes. And there's a lot of, of that, you know, here's, here's my 15-week transformation, like I kind of was talking about on my podcast. Here's my 15-week transformation. I lost 40, 40 pounds. Well, we don't know what you're doing behind closed doors. And that's not, you know, whether you're doing it healthily or, you know, or not. We, nobody knows that. They just see the perception, which is you've lost 40 pounds in 15 weeks. Right. And nobody wants to disclose what, you know, how they've done that, whether, whether or not it's healthy. But nobody gets to see either side either at that point. Right. So uh, nobody wants to go, I'm doing this unhealthy. Yeah. In 15 weeks. Do you, do you think it makes, you, makes them feel like, like a fraud? I don't think people can really like 
be confident enough to speak on something if they know that they're not doing something properly or the right way or what they feel like is healthy or good for them. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think it's a struggle for a lot of people, which was kind of, you know, I was, I was struggling with the idea of living, uh, living unhealthy in terms of what I was doing to prep and then speaking about wellness. The correlation was not there for me And, and the battle to, to continue to share, you know, wellness and live a healthy lifestyle. I was not doing that. And then I, it just pulled me deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into partying and doing things that I wouldn't normally do for me because that was just, I was, I was, I was just sinking. Wow. Are you- I was refusing to um, acknowledge that I was, it was, I knew it, I can see it. I know what's right. And I know what's wrong. What was, was making me feel wrong um, for me again, personally, but I was refusing to deal with it because I was, I was seeking that relevance. I was seeking those likes. I was seeking that, that comment, that share on Instagram, those social platforms. You need to stay relevant. So it doesn't matter what you feel like right now. If, if you're feeling like shit, if you're feeling like, you know, that you're alone, you're feeling like all of a sudden your world's caving in, suck it up. Because if you want to stay relevant in this lifestyle and you want people to still follow you, and, and this is my mindset, mm-hmm. that you need to suffer. You need to continue doing what you're doing to, to stay there. And how long would you have, how long would you think or how long do you feel like you stayed that way? Thinking about that a year. Way? About a year? Yeah. It was about a year and a half when I, I really kind of started to question a lot of the, the things. I was missing out on family uh, um, events and I was kind of shutting people out that I normally would be around, not because they didn't support my lifestyle, but because I felt like I couldn't connect. And I felt like I was alone in dealing with a lot of the things that I am as, as in bodybuilding. And that's why they kind of call it a, a selfish lifestyle, because everything is surrounded by meal timing and getting the meals in and getting your workouts in. And I would go home to visit my family and I'd have to do two a days and I'd have to wake up like at three o'clock in the morning before my family was awake so that I can eat my breakfast and go back to the gym just to get that second round in. And, and then I was exhausted for the rest of the day mentally. And physically, but more mentally that I couldn't even like actually be present with them. And then I, I, I come back here and I'm like, I felt like that wasn't a visit. Yeah. You missed out on it all. Everything. And it was like a, a two, three year um, thing for me. And I was, I was, I was struggling with the, the changing my whole world. Like, but it couldn't be worse than where I was at. It couldn't be worse than rock bottom. Because that's where I hit. And that's where Challenger Circumstance, which is the mentorship program that I'm, I built, that's where that stems from. Just I was having anxiety attacks pretty much every single night, like literally waking up in the middle of the night and just full on could not breathe, like felt extremely restricted. And I would start to just hyperventilating because it was scary, you know, and this was this is happening for about a year. And the last time. This was the last time that it happened, which is when I made the shift. And I talk about shifting all the time because it's within those vulnerable moments that require that shift in order to move in the direction that you know you need to, you need to go into. And the, we all know what's good for us. We, we all know it's that one quick second where we, we, we need to make that shift when that thought goes, just do it. Just move. Mm-hmm. And so it was a Monday and I was in my kitchen and I full on had a, an anxiety attack that brought me just to the, the floor. 
with my head in, in my hands and I'm just sobbing because I'm, I can't breathe. And I kept asking myself, why, 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 you know, you know what you need to do. You know what you need to do. And I'm a godly woman. And I know that like, you know, I, I feel like he, he talks to me in terms of what, you know, fulfilling a lot of the things and kind of putting things in my life for a reason and helping me understand things, even if they're, you know, that bad for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That he always got my best interest. Just listen and you know what's right. And so having to acknowledge what exactly I was feeling was what I, I did just mentally when you kind of, you know, when you bring yourself to like, when you're getting a cramp in your cap and then you like focus on that cramp and all of a sudden it gets like worse. Yes. Okay. That's what I did. But I went into every single one of my like feelings. Like, how is this making you feel? I was tired. I was exhausted. I was at this pit of like, just hurt in my stomach. Everything just kind of accentuated when I just kind of started to acknowledge exactly the emotions and what I was feeling. And then I addressed it, which do you want to feel like this? Is this something that is worth it to you? You don't need to feel like this anymore. Just make the, make the move. You know what you got to do. So stand up. I stood up and I was like, I'm done. It was And then I started laughing because it was one of those horrible moments that I I can't even, I just kept doing uh, to myself. And I laughed because it was one decision, one shift that just changed everything, like mindset wise. And then I started to feel better. And at that point, I was just so appreciative for the ability that I had to like, work through my own situation to come to the conclusion and proud of myself that I don't know what's to come here. I don't know how I'm going to be viewed when I just, I'm, when I'm, when I say I'm done, when I, when I say that, you know, I'm not going to be competing anymore. And I don't know how, uh, you know, the direction of my life is going to shift. I have sponsors. I have, you know, people who expect these things from me. They expect me to be on stage. They expect me to, you know, continue to compete. And I get that all the time still, you know, when are you competing again? And while I think for them, it's, it's like, it's a different, um, perception that, that I'm one of, you know, a, a great figure mentors. But for me, it was a really bad place. It came to a really bad place. And I, I think when we, we acknowledge and we address some of the things that are going on and actually acknowledge them. Like, this is not, this is not good for you. You know, you know, it's not good for you and address whether or not that correlates with your values. And it's usually when we find ourselves in conflict, it's usually a, an insignificant balance between what you're doing, like what your actions are, what you're speaking about and what you know is right for you, which is your values. And usually when we're in conflict, those are not, those, those don't equate. So that's, that's when the kind of the shift happened for me. So the direction of my life has changed quite a bit. Um, the wellness part, the, the wellness like fulfillment part is accentuated even more now since having left stage and making that decision to move. It was confusing for like three, four months. I was petrified. I was, I was confused. I was lost. I was like, oh my God, what do I do now? What, what, was, I- what was people's reaction initially? Like, what, what did you get a lot of support? Did you get a lot of like lashback or? I think it was a little mixture of both. 
Um, I think the people who uh, had that expectation of me um, to continue to be an inspiration, you know, in terms of a figure competitor uh, and role model that way got upset. And that's a natural like thing when someone it's like, you know, when your mom takes away your favorite toy because it's no longer, you know, playtime, you still get pissed. You know, it's that natural reaction Yeah. that, but I don't know why she just took it away from me. I just want to, I just want to play with it. Like that's kind of similar to, to this, like people not really understanding. It's just basically me taking the toy away. Like me just going, you're done playing with that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think initially those people definitely had a, a why, like, I don't understand and it's okay. And that's what we need to understand when we do things for ourselves it, to better ourselves. Not everyone's going to be happy with what you're doing, but you're fulfilling what you need and for your own self. And those people who truly care about your well-being and truly uh, follow you because you are an inspiration and motivation uh, to them daily, they won't leave. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like you were ready to tell people why? No. So it took you some time. This is the very first time I'm telling anyone. Wow. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Uh, part one of my really great interview with Stephanie Hammermeister, aka the Lady Hammer. I don't know about you, like when she told me that this was the first time that she actually spoke about this. I mean, listen, for me, it was mind blowing. I feel honored that she found the opportunity and it was just the right time for her to uh, talk about you know that really major shift in her life. But Listen, I'm going to tee you up for the second part of this episode. Um, if you thought the first part was great, the second part is even better. Just her speaking about something that she hasn't spoke about before and where she is now with uh, Challenger Circumstance and what she's doing kind of like on a similar but different space is just pretty, pretty cool stuff. So you guys are going to love it. Please stay tuned for part two of this episode. So that's all we got for you this week. Uh Thanks again for being here. Really appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, please follow the podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at the White Tiger Podcast and also iTunes, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Just click the link in the Instagram bio and it'll take you to all those fun places where you can download episodes, leave reviews, and all those fun things. So until next time, enjoy your week, be safe, and we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the White Tiger Podcast. If you have feedback or questions for future episodes, get in touch by visiting WTPodcast.com.